0: You are listening to Raja Ramadan 365 podcasts. Asalaamu Alaikum, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome. It's Monday, it's 11 o'clock, and you're on Late Night Live. And uh, it's uh, we um it's your host, Dr. Nadeem Bhatti, and we are, we are joined by my co-pilots, Niaz Bai and Abdulaziz. Asalaamu Alaikum. Wa alaikum, Nadeem. How are you doing, bro? I'm not bad. I'm not bad, brothers. How are you doing today? How's it? How's your? This is what number, uh, Rosa What number? Oh, what number are we? Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> We're nearly a third of the way through, but Mashallah, it's been good. How have you guys been finding things?
1: On you go. Now you go first, mate. Um. Good, good. Oh, it's been very good, um, and I think I've been looking forward to Monday, um, and you know, talk about more topics as well. Um, I can't, I can't believe the weather has been this magnificent. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was, I, I was out today in, in my bike. Um, I do my usual enough, like you do, and and then I got on my bike. Uh went for a nice cycle over the Erskine Bridge, one way, and then back again, then down to Bishopton and then back into uh, Renfrew. Uh it was absolute a delight. Just listening to the birds singing in both sides of the V roads. Uh, it was it was a picture, it really was, Nadim.
0: You there? Mashallah. fantastic, yes. No, that's fantastic. Fantastic. No, have it's one of the blessings of The lockdown, I think, actually has been just been able to get out for that exercise walk and just discover places that I just didn't know were around. You know, the other day I went through a a grave site in um, Thornley Bank and it was just amazing. Uh, You know, the the trees that they've planted there and it was just fantastic. And then today I went into uh, Pollock Park and um, I actually got lost. And normally I would just go around one section that I knew, and this time I went around, it was great, fantastic. For,
1: for the listeners, um, Nadim always gets lost, um even <laughs> when he's following me on a bicycle and I have a bright yellow jacket on. <laughs> yeah,
0: my sense of balance is not very good, it's not very good. But alhamdulillah, uh, today, uh, just to let you guys know, uh, and the listeners out there know we've got a fantastic program, we've got two fantastic guests, we're going to talk about Dealing with kids in Corona, lockdown. And we've got two fantastic guests. We've got uh, Miss Claire Harker, who's the headmistress of uh, one of the local schools, St. Albert Primary School, uh, does some fantastic word work. Uh, it's an amazing school with uh, a great multicultural input. So she's going to be on the show later on today. And we've also got Salma Gardi, who's um, homeschooled her own kids. And actually, has a business uh, looking at uh, a lot of educational uh, issues around that. So that's going to be really good. And yeah, that. Looking forward to that. Um, have you guys been looking at the papers today? Any stories catch your eye? Uh,
2: well, today, um, as you very well know, uh, my good friend is uh, a lot better now. Uh, Kimmy, Kim Jong. Oh
0: yes, Kim, Kim Jong Un, your pal. Yes, I haven't seen Kimmy, him for a while. Kimmy. He's been hiding out.
2: That's right. So apparently it's all still hush-hush, but um, it it just shows you how much media attention he gets. Serious media attention.
0: It must be his his clothes designer, you know, and that hairdresser of his.
2: Well, me and him share the same hairdresser, you see, so that's how we go (laughs) way back. Um, And I actually did come home one day uh, with a haircut like his. It was a bad one. Oh, it was a really bad one. I won't tell you what it was, Nadine. But I uh, <laughs> have, have been told Do you know what the difference between a good haircut is uh, And a bad one No, no Two pounds
1: 50 <laughs> No, two weeks Two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> It's going to be more than that now for probably another 12 For you <laughs> Yeah uh, well, yeah. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, so I'm glad uh, The world's a wee bit at ease now They know where he's at And uh, I, I suppose it's a kind of a bit of a better the devil you know, um, but um, it's, uh, the, the North Korea it really intrigues me, uh, the stories that have been coming out with what's so secretive, and what plans he's got, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I was looking at today.
0: Right, okay, well, um, I was looking at some of these stories about uh, the Nightingale Hospital, so thankfully, I mean, I think they had capacity for something like, was it something like 20,000 uh, patients, some incredible number. Anyway, they hopefully won't need anywhere near that. So that's good news. Uh, but let's see how things go. Um, and I don't, I don't even know if the SEC is actually being used at the moment. I don't think it has yet. So that's, that's I guess, good news. I hope that we are flattening that curve, as they say. Yeah. So.
1: Yes. You yeah. know? Well, yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to go into too much of the coronavirus. But no. Everybody's probably been, you know, reading it nonstop. So off the topic, um, Putin's been busy um, mm-hmm. and he's been trying to touch people in uh, ways that they don't want to be touched with ricin. And so a couple of people in Prague, uh, the mayor is in, in hiding, being protected So that was uh, the. I guess I found the most interesting thing from uh, the weekend news. So what Um, was that
0: story? What was that? uh, That's one I've missed.
1: Yeah, in in uh, Prague, the mayor's, I guess, talked badly about um, Russia and Putin, and um, their internal intelligence said a man came with a briefcase. They believe that briefcase has um, ricin in it. And that man was taken in an embassy car to the Russian embassy and was going to be um, looking for the mayor of Prague and two other potential um, people who are in politics there who perhaps said things that uh, Russia doesn't want to hear. So I just found that, you know, it's uh, something something different to, mm. to hear, I suppose. But um. Yeah. Apart from that, uh, um, I think it's also healthy to kind of, uh, you know, get some exercise, get fresh air, get your mind off uh, what's been going on. Um, it's been quite a long time um, as well. So, yeah. Well, tomorrow we'll be
0: covering uh, keeping fit under lockdown. So yeah. that will be the program tomorrow. So anybody who's interested in keeping fit, uh, definitely tune in tomorrow. That would be great. Um, And at the moment, uh, so we're going to look at uh, dealing with the kids under lockdown. And I don't know about you guys, but, you know, when we started out, it was great. You know, the first day of lockdown, my wife was looking at, you know, the river pathways of South America, Latin verbs. And by the third uh, day, she just opened the window, looked out and screamed. (laughs) So, <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know if that's a similar experience, but I've, I've definitely got a newfound respect for the work that teachers do in schools and how they manage to keep 30 of these monsters under control. Absolutely. With that,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Uh, um, I, I, I think I have a lot of respect for um, people like Claire um, and you know, organizing what's uh, going on, and she'll tell us about that shortly. Selma as well, who knows a lot about homeschooling, will give us a lot of ideas on the positives. Um, I might be devil's advocate and, um, you know, come with some of the negatives, but generally um, talking to my road in the south side of, um, you know, here in East Rand, uh, neighbors are saying they are having a tough time there's a stranger who stopped passing, you know, as, a, as he was passing by. And I was in my front garden and he just started chatting friendly, friendly um, with a good distance. And he had his little kid and he was saying, I can't I can't handle it because <laughs> he says mm-hmm. I, I have to work. Uh, and so does my wife. And there's just too much work. Now, the kid was only like uh, six or seven years old. Uh, but he said it's just too much work, and, he, and uh, he even said he has a lot of respect for the schooling system. Um, so that's going to be a very interesting feedback from the two ladies guests we have tonight.
0: Well, I will. We will definitely get to them just now. But I just want to remind all the listeners out there about the, some of the charities we're supporting this year. So one of the first charity I uh, just want to mention is Penny Appeal, and. Your zakat and sadhka is eligible here. And £160 will supply three families with hygiene and food packs for a month in Syria. Uh, And and I don't need to go over uh, the situation there. The other uh, charity uh, that Radio Ramadan are supporting is the Trussell Trust Glasgow Southwest Food Bank. And again, your zakat and sadhka are eligible for this. £100 will go to feed Three families for three days in Glasgow. Um, it's great that we're doing that. It's a shame that in my lifetime we've had to see food banks, but food banks. But there we are. That's the way it is. Um, the third charity we are uh, supporting is Wheels to Heal. And again, your Sadka and Zakat are eligible for there. And £25 will provide one wheelchair to a disabled person in Afghanistan um also i might say that the arc uh is a media center your sadhka here is eligible any amount you can give will help complete the arc and sustain any projects throughout the year so anything else you guys want to say before we get the uh our guests on
2: Uh, well i I think it's going to Bring back a lot of memories of schooling, and I think we're, I'm, I'm I'm actually quite excited about tonight because I think it's going to give an actual insight as to what goes on in schools. Uh, so it's been a long time, and obviously I just went I went to Melville Street and Shaw's Academy. And that was me Langside yeah. Primary, but uh, that was my adventure of, of education. But I'm, I'm really looking
0: forward to it. Definitely am. Okay, well, I, I, at this moment, we're going to just invite Claire Harker to come on. Uh, I would normally put my hand up, because uh, that's what I've <laughs> been trained in school to do that. Uh, I don't know if Claire's there. Miss, are you in? Are you in the mm-hmm. building? If you just unmute yourself and come in.
3: Hey, I'm unmuted. I'm in here. Yeah. Hello. You Hello, are Miss. On.
0: How are you? I'm
3: um, fine. Thank you very much. How are you all?
0: Not at all. Thank you. Uh, a pleasure to have you on video uh, Ramadan on Late Night Live. Thank you. And um, and, and how have you been? How have you been finding things during this kind of lockdown phase? Uh,
3: personally, it's hard. I'm finding it um, difficult. Um, like everyone else I have good days and I have bad days and I started off full of resolve to do all these amazing things and tidy my house and you know do all these different things and of course I'm getting more and more exhausted with the whole process as it goes and I'm worried uh, sometimes and I'm happy other times I'm just trying to enjoy the time with my husband and children so just like everyone else it's a roller coaster I think. <coughs>
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, we've got one other guest in at the moment, and I think it'll be right just to introduce her to the programme if she's there. Salma Gardi. As-salamu um, Salma. Salma. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. How, how's, uh, you know, uh, I'm just going to uh, just introduce Claire, but you are, uh, I know you homeschool and we're going to talk a little bit about what you do with that. But how have you found uh, the whole lockdown yourself?
4: Well, yeah, exactly, probably the same as as Claire. I think everybody's sitting in this little bubble of concern and worry and, and a bit of stress about what's going on, you know, and our lives are, are so different from before. And certainly as homeschoolers, I guess there's not not much difference for us in terms of how academics are coming along, but it's certainly this isn't how we we school day to day, not, you know, locked up at home, which is, I think, possibly... Some, a little bit how people view what homeschooling is all about so we're not we're not homeschooling quite the same way and in, in the same boat as everybody else really mm.
0: okay okay well if i can just get back to you clear then um so i mean obviously you're you you know the 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 term ended quite abruptly for you because you know we, there we were i think march kids were going along to school and then suddenly um they were you know we had to sort of go into lockdown how was that for you at that time
3: well it was really it was a wee bit different for me because my son had him come home he plays guitar and he'd come home from a european tour and he had um, symptoms so we he actually um, ended up quite unwell so i was actually off school for three days having to isolate so actually the lockdown happened for me like this it happened remotely um and it was quite so it was really tricky um but my job and I'll probably say this loads of times is to try and keep the St Albert's community calm so I tried to do that at a distance and I know that our staff who work really well together as a team Really, just trying to stay calm for the children and parents, and I think we've done that since. I think we've tried to do that since. So it was, it was, it was awful. Like everyone else, we didn't see it coming. We should have seen it coming, and um, and it was shocking. But as I say, my job's to make sure everyone feels okay.
0: Fantastic, uh, and I think you did that very really well. In fact, uh, one of my uh, little boys, in fact, is uh, at the school, as you know, and uh, and and I. And I think you did that very well. So um, one of the questions I was going to ask you, um, the the school is still open for uh, people who are key workers and and Mm -hmm. vulnerable kids. Kids, is that right?
3: Not our school. Um, What's happening in Glasgow is that there's some very well-organised hubs, so there are some schools open for children of key workers, um, and that's sort of on request. Um, so St Albert's, we had no requests for um, childcare or education at the time, so the school was then closed. Um, if there had been requests, then the children would have been placed in one of the hubs, which my colleagues are running.
0: Uh, and where are these hubs? Uh, are they in the? Are they, uh, where exactly are these hubs?
3: The th- I think there's one in Shollands, Primary and one in Langside and one, I can't, I can't remember, the other one locally, but okay. um, I know that they're operating with children from different schools. So we operate in teams as schools um, and there's maybe, there's a few children in each of those every day.
0: Right, okay. And how are you managing to, like all these families that have left now, are you still... Can, you, I, are you still connected to these families? And if, if so, how are you doing that?
3: Well, that was our priority. I mean, I, I think that um, it's really interesting that you get Salma on who, who does homeschool because I think that, I'm interested to hear what she's got to say because I think many parents have felt that they are now homeschoolers and and I don't think that's the case. That She obviously has that. As an experience and that is the case for her so i just think our first priority was to make sure everybody stayed connected so we opened up a facebook page we, we have twitter but we text we've dropped things off at people's houses and we've got well-established blogs that the children can connect with but staff have been whatsapping and facetiming and phone calling so we've phoned everyone um at least once a fortnight um, to make sure everyone's okay and really not to check up on what anyone's doing because because actually it's none of our business how parents are choosing to get through this with their children. Um, but we're just wanting to make sure everybody's okay, still feels connected, part of the St Albert's family. And more importantly, do you have enough food? Do you have enough medicine? Do you have someone that can do your shopping for you? Those kind of questions were, are first and foremost for us just now.
1: That's very interesting, Claire. Um, I I noticed a report some weeks ago saying very similarly um, that uh, the school teachers were actually and head teachers were very concerned about the families yep. um, because mothers and fathers, you know, they perhaps lost their income for a moment of time um, and there isn't a buffer. So is this why um, you're doing this, Claire?
3: Yeah, I know I I can only I mean, I can only speak for myself and our school, but I know it's a similar approach in many schools. And I know that families who are in receipt of clothing grants have received vouchers. That's very clear. And everyone knows that. But of course, it is because I think I mean, especially, you know, we have families who um, don't speak English. Mm -hmm. and maybe haven't been here for long. So not only do they not know how to navigate the the, the local networks, they just don't know the networks exist or perhaps are sort of cast adrift with no family here. So we need to make sure not only that they have food, but they have the right kind of food, you know, if that makes sense. And and we also just want to make sure that families um, feel as if they can ask. People are very proud. Yeah. Anyway, and, and I think that this is an unprecedented time, so I would be horrified if I thought that someone was sitting at home too proud to ask for something that they need now, because who knows where we're going to be in the future. Yeah. I I mean, I've been helped so much by the community of St Albert's to mm. understand the community of St Albert's, so there are people who I'm, I am now helping who have helped me millions over the past seven years I've been there. So it's, it's, a, it's a relationship, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, Claire. Thank you so much for this brilliant point. And so if I can then just uh, quickly say to everybody that's listening, we have to think about um, helping provide food to you know, people that need it. There is one trust, for example, the Trussell um, Trust in Glasgow Southwest, which is a food bank. And, um, you know, so we're part of that uh, in terms of the radio uh, show tonight. But there are many others as well. um, And I'm aware of, you know, um, a lot of people um, trying their best to help those in need. And certainly those listening who feel that they need help, please, please do reach out. There's so much uh, uh, generosity and love out there um, to Help do shopping. I know of people doing that for um, medical staff who don't want to um, go close to their parents' homes. So there's volunteers who are helping with that as well. Um, And then on top of that, as mentioned, food, which is number one. Nobody should be um, starving, certainly not in this country. Um, Claire, coming back to um, trying to understand, you know, I mean, this this is really fascinating for us. Um, so there's remote, you know, teachers are now uh, teaching remotely. Um, am I uh, well to understand that uh, perhaps that means that uh, classes are then online and a teacher will have live um, um, teaching sessions at all in Glasgow as a whole? Or?
3: Uh, again, I can only speak for their school. So we are I, I know that some schools are using Google Classrooms and some schools are using Microsoft Teams. Um, We're looking at Microsoft Teams but I do think generally we need to ask ourselves if teaching could be done remotely we would have done it years ago and saved a lot of money. So teaching's about the personal relationship you have. So if Salma's a successful homeschooler, it's about her relationship with her children as much as it's about the actual stuff that you do. So I, we do have lessons uh, online, but it's much more about um, skills uh, rather than knowledge and much more about things that children should and can do at home as opposed to any pressure from us to attain in terms of a curriculum. Okay. Um, so I think that um, there was a flurry of, of remote stuff um, but then you've got to think about digital poverty and access to online learning and the stress of that and yeah. um, so everything has to be gentle. So I think it would be very wrong to think this can be solved in terms of children's learning by sitting mm-hmm doing remote lessons, I, I really do I, I, I don't know if that's controversial or not but a child learns as much hearing a story from a parent as they do listen to a story from a teacher at a distance on a computer screen.
1: Okay, I, I can appreciate what you're trying to say it's a new territory for the world and um, in some reports you know, you know, looking at America for example, they're, they're feeling that the children will lose out a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, potentially some of them losing out in a in this school year, losing out in, in you know a lot of learning that uh, will put them back. Do you think that um, this will put children back a lot in terms of academically? Will um, they be prepared for um, next year?
3: I don't. I'm going to say no. I, I don't think it will. I think short term. There are things that children would have been learning at school. Never have to bear in mind. Children have only missed twenty days of school so far. Um, I know it seems longer than that, but with holidays and, and the way that that, that um, the school days um, set up, it, I think it's it, I think it's only been about twenty or so days. So I think that they have missed learning that they would have been doing in school, and I don't know if that's replaceable. Um, but I think that children generally are very resilient. I believe, and I know our children in St Albert's well, I know that when we open the doors, um, it will be like they've never been away. I mean, we're used to a six-week summer break um we we've started planning for what we think our children will not have practiced and I don't just mean academic stuff, I mean relationships and and, and all sorts you know curiosity and confidence and language and you know lots of things. Um, and we'll be prepared for that when they come back. so it won't be no. that they have to go faster. They don't have to go faster. they just we just have to do and work at the same pace but with a different understanding of what they've experienced. Um, so yeah. I am extre- I'm an optimist, I'm extremely confident that the children um, are not lost um, yes. and, and I think there's some strong talk in the media about lost generations and stuff, I, I really can't see, I think now if it was to happen again, if there was to be a renewed lockdown over the next year, then we need to figure out the remote learning, we need to figure out how we're going to help children but at the moment, as an optimist, children are resilient. They can cope with anything, you know. Okay. And I really believe that they'll be fine. I really do.
1: Okay, no, I I, I would agree. I'm, I'm quite optimistic as well, and I'd like to believe that that this is quite a longer, short term uh, moment. I do certainly believe that uh, it's it's you know it's not an overnight thing. Uh, the places that are are have opened up, um, uh, you know, reports from China again, you know, one has to be very Uh, careful of what is being said from there because it's never been precisely accurate but um, there is an element of social distancing in classes itself so once classes do start up again um, it sounds like there may be uh, respect to distancing yeah Um, so there will be a lot of changes I I think Abdul may have a question as well for you Abdul are you there
2: yeah I'm here yeah Uh, hello Miss Parker (laughs) <laughs> hello hi how are you how are you coping yourself
3: i'm all right thanks um yeah. i'm fi- i'm really really missing work um i'm yeah. missing the children dreadfully and i deal with or work with the parents more and i'm really missing them but i'm also so impressed with some of the work that our parents are doing yeah. at home I'm, I'm really impressed yeah yeah,
2: and, and how, how are the actual teachers, are you in touch with all the teachers at the
3: school, how are they coping? They're doing brilliantly, one of our, they really, I mean, they're quite an incredible team, we work hard at that, so we're doing some really interesting things, like we, we pray as a staff on a Friday for example, so, so we've set that up online and, and, and we're sort of praying together which allows us to share Um, sort of how we're feeling one of our teachers this is another example one of our teachers was supposed to get married Susie Bull was supposed to get married on Saturday and unfortunately that's all had to be cancelled so our teachers and children put together the most beautiful video for her Mm -hmm. as a message of love now that's massive learning that's massive digital learning primary one children reading scripts and it was incredible so I'm in touch with staff, teachers and support staff and office staff. Um, I have to say hello to Shanaz because I know she's listening. <laughs> and, uh, so um, I just, they, they, they are supporting each other and they're supporting me because they know yeah. that um, I, I'm, I'm worried about things. So they'll send me messages and a member of staff yeah. sent me a bunch of flowers and stuff. So so we really are doing okay. Thank you. Yeah. We're, we're, we're doing okay and, and we're confident, you know, we're confident. Yeah. And strong. Do you know? You know, it's 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 kind of it, it brings
2: out the community that you thought you never had within yourselves collectively. It, it, it's, it sounds like, and I know where you're coming from because in my own business, when I go and see and I do sales, uh, I'm meeting people in cafes and restaurants, and it's it's, it's almost you're doing more socialising rather than selling, and it's that habit of missing your 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 fellow, you know. Um, friends and uh, colleagues and whatnot so obviously the teachers must be missing that to get that togetherness
3: yeah yeah I ha- and i mean that maybe that's one of the things that we've got to learn M- maybe we were all just getting a bit too selfish maybe we were bringing down community instead of building it up and i've learned that working in st albert's where a strong community policy shields is and I think that maybe that's one of the big lessons that the adults need to take away is that our relationships and our, our interpersonal um, actions and, and how we connect with each other is is just about the most important thing. Yeah,
0: that's great, that, 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 that's great to hear, uh, Claire. Um, if it's okay, I'd like to just bring in Salma there, uh, if you're there, Salma. Okay, Hi there. And um, I, I suppose that, I mean, obviously your experience is very different because you've been homeschooling and you've been, you've been homeschooling for, for quite a while now. Now, I'm not actually hundred percent sure how old your kids are, but. <laughs> I, I, uh,
4: okay. I, I have one yeah. who turned 20. She's at university and I have.
0: Um, oh my goodness. 15, right. <laughs> uh, it's a one at 20 and one.
4: 17 and 14.
0: Seventeen and fourteen. So obviously you've been through the kind of primary stages. Uh, I guess what i have got to ask you first of all is, why would you do this? Why would you homeschool? <laughs> and why would you? Why would you have started that?
4: Gosh, that's a that's a question that I think can't can't be uh, answered in a, in such a short space of time. There's there's lots of answers to that particular question. But I suppose first first of all, can I just say congratulations to Claire because listening to the ethos that your your school has during this time, is just so heartwarming. It's so lovely to hear, and um, I'm, I'm hoping you're in the majority and not the minority, but it's just really lovely to hear that you're, you're caring more about what's going on with the families than you are about academics, and I think that's fantastic. Um, so, so yeah, so, I, um, you know, we chose to homeschool. It's something I've been thinking about for quite a long time, you know, just when I started having kids, and I think it was mostly because my husband and I wanted to see – Learning is something that our kids did as a, a lifelong process, and I think while I had a great experience at school um, in this country, um, he, he grew up in Canada had a slightly different experience to me, and um, I couldn't I couldn't find a school or see a school that I felt could you know could give my kids that similar experience, and also I was really enjoying being lucky and spending time with them, I guess. So it seemed like a good natural extension just to to start schooling you know, myself and see how it went. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't actually expect that I would school them right up until university. And every year, I'll be honest, I did consider sending them to school, and every year I, I chose to stick with home ed. So um, there's, yeah, there's a number of reasons for it, but lifelong learning is probably one of them. And I felt very much like um, schools at the time, uh, going back now 15 years, were moving towards still quite a lot of testing. And I don't feel that that's a great way to measure a child's capability or or, or smartness or you know academically potential is is through a test and through an exam so that was that was something i wanted to avoid as much as possible but um, you know how how i started to home end i think most homeschoolers will tell you that they they aren't that confident when they start off everything is a little bit of an unknown so usually they they get a chance to do a lot of research beforehand um, so I would say what what people are being asked to do just now isn't really homeschooling at all. It's something called crisis schooling um, because homeschoolers don't homeschool, you know, in the ways that, that we're being asked to do at home, where we stay home, where you're thrown in at the deep end, where you're having to juggle multiple ages at the same time. And I think lots of parents are also having to fit in working from home. So, I mean, how, how to even schedule that? in a day where you've had very little time to prep you know it's it's a lot it's it's a, it's hard thing think that everybody's being asked to do and, and certainly when I started out homeschooling I spent quite a bit of time um, researching the kind of curriculum I wanted to use with my kids spent time thinking about how they learned you know they're, they're all very different so different styles of learning I had to think about you know, what's my primary way to teach? Does it match up with them? Do I need to do mm. some some work of my own to, to try and adapt to that? So, you know, parents at the moment um, who have their kids at home with them and, and feel they need to school them are doing something exceptionally difficult and certainly not not at all what homeschoolers do where, you know, we don't stay at home all the time and I think it's a, it's a shame that that's the name homeschooling and that's the implication people have but you know, we're out at museums and workshops, and we see family and friends. And my kids go to sports and they're at scouts and stuff. So this is this is not the same for us either.
0: Uh, I mean, that it, it sounds like a heck of a lot of work. Uh, I mean, you're you're talking about curriculums. Uh, I mean, this is uh, it, you know, it, it, it would it be right in saying there's a lot of preparation that goes into this uh, and and a lot of thinking before. Um, you, you kind of, uh, you know, before you set out your year's work.
4: Well, to be fair, when I first started out, I didn't actually prep for the whole year. I mean, I feel kids change and grow, you know, at different rates and fairly quickly sometimes. So I really just prepped three months in advance, roughly, for the first to three to four years of. of when we started out homeschooling. And when I say prepped, I mean, I did, I did do my homework. I did do, you know, research google There wasn't as much as there is today, certainly when we started out 15 years ago, but um, it's, there's so much you can find just by Googling stuff and, and stuff that you're interested in, you know, different subjects and stuff. And that's basically what I did. But I guess the big thing I did, because I'm, I'm not a trained teacher is I read the national curriculum for England Um, which sounds slightly unpatriotic given that we live here, but at the time it was the Curriculum for Excellence that had just come out, and I felt for for myself where I was starting out and and just wanting to bolster my confidence levels, I needed something a little bit more prescriptive, um, which the National Curriculum for England very definitely is. So I had a bit of a read of that, and that's not to say I spent hours and hours poring over it, but there's a shortened version of it that you can find online, but it just gave me a reference point for that first year.
0: So um, one of the things, one of the things I'm hearing from lots of parents, and I know you're saying that this is more crisis learning than actually crisis uh, learning or crisis schooling rather than homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you pace yourself? (laughs) Because you know, I find that a lot of people are saying, "Look, you know, we're fine for about an hour, and then we just uh, we, we, you know, how do we control our kids? You know, then they're getting restless, and we don't know how to." kind of keep them under control and keep them calm Uh, Mm -hmm. and then some people are saying that well you know then we put them on the in front of the TV for an hour or two and we come back and you know how do you sort of how do you pace yourself and how do you keep the kids engaged
4: Okay. Well, um, just just as an initial point, that I will say that because parents are, are are in a state of fear, if you like, for lots of different reasons, you know, for what's going on in the world, but also I think a lot of parents are scared, thinking that their kids are going to fall be behind or they're not going to be able to teach them quite as much as they'd learn in school and stuff. And, and fear, while it's a great motivator, it's not a very good foundation to teach from. So ultimately, I think we should be be looking to to work on connection with our children because. Um, children will be open to learning children will be open to cooperation with you into some kind of loose schedule which I'm going to talk about in a minute if they're if they feel good and if they are are happy and feel safe and secure and all these things and most importantly feel connected to you so um, the first thing I would suggest is actually to have some kind of rhythm to your day, some kind of routine. Don't don't just chuck it all out the window because now nobody has to get up and get dressed and go to school and you know let your days just you know mesh one into the other. I would actually suggest that you have some kind of loose schedule, some kind of rhythm to your day. Um, and I would definitely advocate for having your kids set that that schedule with you and not just to to, to make one up and stick it up in the fridge and say, well this is what we're doing because um, the more you can involve your children in it, the more likely you are to get cooperation from them. At least that's what i found over over the years. So so kids love routine. Kids thrive on routine. This is what happens to them even when they're at regular school. They know what's coming next. They have a timetable. They have an idea what happens when they hear a song or a bell rings or whatever. So, yeah, no, I definitely think having some kind of loose schedule that, that – and once you make it up with your, your kids, have them make you up a physical copy and – put it up where everybody can see, and that way you're not getting multiple questions in the day about what's next and when snack and, you know, when can I play this and when can we watch TV, you know, have some kind of schedule up so everybody can see what's what's going to be happening. So, yeah, and also to remember that, you know, what happens when kids are at school from, from 9 until 3 and um, that's not continuous academics, you know, one hour after the other. There's a lot of time in between for breaks, you know, there's time to socialize um, with the other kids during school time and moving from classroom to classroom, etc., etc. So when you're at home with your kids and you're getting a lot more one-on-one time, you're going to find that the school gets done a lot quicker. Um, than it will do in a normal school day, and and most kids tend to have far shorter, I think, attention spans. You're not looking to have your child at the table for an hour, hour and a half to 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 do a solid block of work. Um, certainly, with my yep, yep. children, I would say you know shorter bursts are probably a, a better idea, and, and having them discuss it with me.
0: Okay. okay, okay. Well, uh, we, we've actually got a few questions that have just been sent in. So, unfortunately, because of The method we're using we can't get take calls on uh because all the lines are being used but we've got a few calls uh, a few questions that have been sent in so i'm just gonna ask this and whichever one of you wants to answer this and you think that you can tell us it's fine uh so question first question we've got in is how much maths and english should we be aiming to do daily uh i don't know if maybe claire you've got any ideas about this or even Salma. Uh, what what do you think (laughs) so
3: if I said to you do half an hour of maths then everyone would panic and do half an hour of maths for I'm liking what Salma's saying what I've written down here is everything is learning for children and if you look around Mm. you right now you'll see maths and everything around you um you'll see language and everything around you so I think parents need to be calm and understanding that a child's experience all the time is a learning experience and you sure, can of find course. maths you, you can find maths i mean it's fine you know practice your tables so you can chant them that's fine but it's much more about the curriculum for excellence is about application so it's about looking for the learning and everything around the child and it's also fine for a child to do nothing i don't know if any of you remember doing nothing <laughs> Absolutely,
0: (laughs) absolutely. Do nothing,
3: do nothing, because and I think perhaps we're in grave danger of overstimulating our children. Um, instead of sort of, you know, there's a cardboard box, and we're all going to be quiet for an hour and see what you can do. So I just, oh, with no pressure, just. Um, So I don't want to prescribe at all. We've given out packs, physical ones and there's stuff online and there is absolutely no pressure to complete any of that and sometimes it's just about a parent feeling reassured about how they're choosing to see this through Um, because as I say everything around a child is learning and Sam is absolutely right, it's about the connections. Um, that children have, and so many children might be in quite a negative, stressful environment. They'll learn that, so it's about staying as calm as possible. And if I say to you, you need to do half an hour of mass or an hour of mass, then it's not going to make everyone be calm. Yeah, does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Can I add what uh, makes a lot of sense is um, looking at someone like Daniel Goleman, who wrote about emotional intelligence, and um, you know, he he goes all the way to the first three or four years of life and the brain that grows to about two-thirds its full size and evolves into this complexity at a greater rate. I mean, what he was saying is um, there's multiple key kinds of learning that take place and emotional learning is the foremost among them. Um, And he says that um, teachers need to be comfortable talking about feelings and that's really the first part. This is the part of teaching emotional literacy, a set of skills, you know, we can all develop, including, you know, the basic ability, you know, to read, understand, and respond appropriately to one's emotions and emotions of others. That's the fundamental key of emotional well-being, emotional intelligence, especially in a point like we are now. and. Um, Traditional teaching, um, I suppose, you know, before uh, Daniel Goleman uh, wrote about this and did some studies and te- you know, in, in implementing this, um, was was very uh, let's memorize this without understanding how it affects us, emotion, etc. Um, so what you're both saying, Claire and Soma, is so pertinent, and it seems to relate to Goleman. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also. Uh, b- bring out that uh, um, you know th- these are key ingredients now that uh, um, parents will be wanting to uh, um, basically deal with in terms of helping with someone mentioned it confidence you know reinforcing it so so being a, the devil's advocate I, on the show um, my concern with homeschooling uh, whether it's now on a permanent basis, for example, um, so as I said, I'm only being the devil's advocate, is loneliness, and loneliness will affect Claire students as well who are now at home without their friends. Um, who would, Which one of you would like to address that? Because that is a huge concern. How, how do we deal with loneliness?
4: Um, okay, so, so seeing as how you've mentioned that a little bit, maybe if Claire's okay with that, I'll, I'll talk a little bit. Of that. Cool. Thank you. Um, so I think that's, you know, the idea of um, a homeschooling normally brings up a lot of questions about socialization and how can your kids be socialized if they school at home. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's very rare to meet a homeschooler whose child isn't social because a lot of the time, um, they do spend more time with mom or dad or family or whatever at home more than anything else. And who, who better to teach them how to be social than a parent? Um, and it's not that my kids then don't have other children that they see. They don't have, you know, friends or anything like that. They have, they have many friends. They have peers. They, but they don't necessarily just socialize with one particular age group. So um, as far as loneliness goes, I think that can happen whether you go to school or you homeschool. Um, your child can feel lonely at any particular point in life. And I don't, I don't necessarily think it's about um, the number of friends that they have or the number of friends that they see or don't see or that they aren't seeing at the moment. I think loneliness goes far deeper than just um, being in a physical presence with other people. And certainly you can be mm-hmm. at home with your family And feel lonely if you don't feel connected or you don't feel understood or if you're given a device to spend most of your time with rather than interacting with people in your vicinity. So I would say as far as loneliness goes, I think it's quite important to make sure that you're asking questions of your kids, checking in with them. Are they doing okay? What's the vibe like in your home? Is it all about the corona? Is it stressful? Are you able to give them some kind of ways to cope? with um, everything that's going on and be hopeful in your house be grateful teach them those kinds of skills that that's what resilience is born out of it's resilience is born out of giving your kids um skills to deal with the tough times and i think this is a fantastic opportunity to do just that
3: yeah yeah i, I couldn't agree more i just was struck there by wanting to say you know i'm feeling a bit lonely and I think adults are feeling a bit lonely. I, I have my husband and children here, so I'm totally connected with them. But I'm missing my friends, and I'm, like, really old. So so I think that there are adults feeling like that. And I think, as Salma says, as soon as children have the resilience and the understanding that they are not alone in feeling like that and learn to deal with those feelings, mm-hmm. then that will only make them stronger. Um, it's just the pressure. It's a really good time for us to ease off the pressure on children to be everything, on each other to be everything, and mm-hmm. and, and the sort of social media pressure that the children are under. You know, we can ease that off and and take time to reflect and time to really consider how we're feeling and actually you know how you're feeling as a parent is the same as a child it's it's like um you know mental health but positive mental health or negative mental health it isn't the domain of adults so children being able to connect and talk about that with their families is actually a gift at this time i think
4: 100 agree yeah
1: brilliant um I, i in terms of then fixing this You know, because yeah, absolutely, that adults will, it doesn't um, miss any age group unless you're a baby and you're, you you just want to be loved by everybody around you. But um, in terms of then everybody else, you know, from children upwards to the elderly, especially the elderly. Uh, and Claire, you did say you're old. No, you're not. <laughs> Far from it. But, uh, if you say you're old, then Nadim will be ancient. <laughs> I have <am> no comment. <laughs> uh, so so um, the solution, I think, uh, uh, seems to be um, what everybody's doing, uh, um, mm-hmm. which is using Zoom uh, with camera and uh, um, seeing each other. Have you guys, uh, ladies, tried this? what zoom zoom with friends yeah
3: oh, oh uh, listen honestly and it's so stressful <laughs> yeah yeah mm. we have oh, we've had great fun with it and and uh, we can't use it for school because it's it's not secure but um in terms of social interactions and, and i hope um families are using that to mm. kind of, one, one of the things um, i'm thinking about as well is that so many of our families are um, in it's, it's ramadan so so the 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 whole yeah. um, type of life that our children are living and I'm really proud I'm always really proud of the children when they observe the fast and you know and I think that um, I feel a wee bit sad that the social connections that the children and families would normally have at this time can't be had just now so I think we need to be aware of all of those things too and talk those things through it's, it's not a usual Ramadan it's not going to be a usual Eid Um, so we need to be sensitive to that as well when when our children come back and we'll find ways of celebrating that online so yeah we have, I've used Zoom and it's been hilarious and Mm -hmm. um, my my own children are very um, tech savvy so there's a party going on in each room in this house with (laughs) (laughs) laptops and phones you know so Mm
2: -hmm. um, uh, Claire, I was I was talking to one of my uh, work colleagues, and uh, I was letting her know that I was going. Or the topic tonight was education and homeschooling, um, and she was telling me that she's pulling her hair out because she can hardly cope, and there's uh, a lot of work to kind of uh, email back uh, in all different uh, categories and whatnot. And she, she, she's actually quite uh, savvy herself. She was uh, she worked in a bank for twenty odd years. And she was finding it quite stressful, but still coping with two children in primary school. I was just wondering, what's what's the feedback with regards to actually getting the work back from parents, especially the the parents that are obviously not of the uh, indigenous population?
3: Okay. We we are not doing that. We we are not going down that road. Um, so that and that's with all due respect. Um, what we are doing is we are putting things up that are fun things or or and children are sending us videos they're sending us i got a beautiful story from lily Holland today to send on to our teacher but we're not giving any pressure to our parents to produce anything but that's how we're choosing to do that and what i do need to say to parents because i know they'll be doubly worried especially if they're if they they um, don't have english at home just please don't worry because it's exactly as Salma's was saying, it's about the connections and your children will shine and thrive.
0: Uh Claire, I, I realise we cut you off there just before that. So carry on, please. I can't remember what I was saying there. <laughs> <laughs> All I want is order. Who to do. was asking the question? Yeah, I think it was you. No, it was it was me. It was me yeah, it was and
2: yeah, and you know what? I can't even remember the question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was about a headmistress that you know who had a question. It was okay.
3: for chicken. All I can think about is just, uh, yeah. um, no I think we were just talking about about feedback and about about children handing in work. And I think I think yeah. at least what I was saying that, that, that we weren't asking for that in our school, but that's all due respect to, to, to people that are.
0: Yeah. Actually, I've got. there is one question that I'd actually like to ask both of you. Um, one of the things is, you normally, you know, you're the parent, you're at home, you send them to school and their teacher's there. Now suddenly people are in this situation where they're trying to teach uh, the kids something. How do you get a parent, how do you get, uh, how is it that you can actually, uh, we can, as parents, we can come across and create that kind of persona of the teacher or is that just something that we you can't do without uh, uh, quite a lot of training? I, d- I don't know if maybe any of you want to answer that. <laughs> Are there uh, any tricks there?
4: Okay, so probably that might, might be my corner a little bit. So, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, a lot of... Um, people who choose to home educate once their kids have been to school for a little while and then they pull them out for varying reasons and, and decide to school them. talk about this as being being something that they find a bit tricky at the beginning and I think it's perfectly normal and certainly the situation you're in now it's perfectly normal for kids to have difficulty seeing you as teacher and not just mum and dad so um, yeah that, that's that's understandable entirely but um, I, I think it's fair to say, given the short space of time that, that you've, you've been having to have kids at home to teach, it's unlikely they're going to to make that shift completely. But there are some things I think you can put in place maybe, maybe to help a little bit. So um, I would suggest, you know, you could try having... Um, clothes that your kids wear specifically maybe suggest that they pick out outfits or whatever that they want to wear when it's such a time to do a bit of learning or a little bit of school or finish some worksheets or, or packs that they've been given. Um, I know mine went through, my boys actually went through a phase where they would only um, school if they were in a tiger onesie, which um, went <laughs> on very well because we live in a broad and 50 degree heat. So our AC was cranked up pretty high and I was freezing, but they were, they were perfectly fine. But, yeah, have maybe suggest that they have, you know, an outfit that they pick up for, just for that particular time. So it's all about mindset and mind shift into getting them into that frame of mind. Um, I could suggest that. I could also suggest that, you know, if you want to be in a bit of teaching mode that perhaps you wear a specific top or a bracelet or a tie or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And and a really fun idea to try is actually maybe just to hold a meeting with your kids to actually, you know, when I'm talking about having them help you set routines and schedules and stuff like that, well, it's really good to have them have, help you kind of set boundaries and, and all that kind of thing as well. And to do that is maybe just have... A meeting where it's an event if you like have them dress up and <coughs> mm-hmm. wear a tie yeah. or you know whatever outfit they want to wear have a coffee break and and have a chat about how things are going to to run through your day so i would definitely suggest those things
0: great yeah. actually yeah. Oh, sorry uh i you want yeah. to answer maybe no, no, well, well actually this is uh, a question uh directly towards claire uh and it's about the subject of wearing um, different clothes and kind of setting up that structure, but I know with St. Albert's not long ago you changed the whole uniform, um, and and I just wondered why why that was. Uh, what what was the kind of idea behind that? Because you you went for a, ve- a very kind of purple uniform, uh, and I always kind of wondered what what was the kind of uh, thinking behind that.
3: Eh. Oh, jinx! that's so complex. Um, so if we are having a uniform, so our uniform before was a bit sloppy and people weren't really wearing a uniform, so we asked the children if they wanted a uniform. And we also were very mindful that we didn't want a uniform or clothes that children wear to school to be expensive. Uh, the children wanted a uniform. They designed it. And oh. we uh, it was a pride thing as well. I think St Albert's... Um, you know, I'm just really proud of it, and I just felt that our strategy for, you know, we wanted to put St Albert's right out there as, as a school and, and be noticed for, for good reasons. Um, and our uniform is quite striking. As they say, the children chose the colour. It was a very close-run thing between purple and blue, but the purple was settled on. So, And we have had children wearing the uniform at home. Um, you know, um, we've had some very funny, Ahmed al Kader sent some really funny videos in and of him in his uniform, his mum driving him to school, pretending they're driving in the living room. And, you know, so as Salma says, it's about it's about children feeling comfortable with what they're wearing. But we changed the uniform, Nadim, so that we stuck out and, and, and people would notice us and, and we could hold our head up and, and be very proud of who we were. And it, and it worked.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Sorry, Abdul, you were going to... Yeah, no,
2: no, uh, it's just to uh, Salma. You know, um, sometimes obviously when children are uh, not up for it on a particular day, when they're in a classroom environment, um, maybe they've not performed well with their their work. um, And also maybe like the the discipline side of things also. I was just wondering, let's say, for instance, you you kind of fell out with one another over schoolwork. Um, how are you able to, um, you know, uh, differentiate yourself from being a mother and a teacher and then obviously your, your son or daughter from being a pupil to an actual uh, a, a child? How is it you kind of uh, uh, put that in these different boxes?
4: Gosh, I think that's a good question. I think it's actually quite quite a tricky thing for a child to do because as I said before, you know, it's quite a short space of time that this is about I suppose the longer this goes on, the more likely they are to see you as slightly separate from them when you're going to be in or dad when you're going to be in more teaching mode but you know as far as when things haven't gone well or you know you've as you said you've fallen out when they're not wanting to do work I would actually say those are the times where you don't push and those are the times where you look to connect and certainly I'm, I'm a great believer in connect before you correct so before you, um, you know, impart any kind of guidance or discipline, if you like, or boundaries or something, you connect with your child first. And very often when kids are acting out or there's behavior that's less than fantastic, usually there's an underlying reason. So rather than actually react to the, the behavior that you're seeing straight off the bat, I think it's a good time to count to 10, to take a minute and actually have a conversation with your child when both of you are calm and that they're more receptive to listening to what you have to say. Um, So, yeah, I I would say you'd be looking to connect first again and actually take a break. I mean, we had days where nobody felt like schooling, where certainly I didn't feel like teaching. And so on those days, we would have park days, museum days or movie days. And certainly that's something anyone can implement just now when things are difficult and nobody's into it. That's the same thing for adults. We all have off days and so do kids, particularly now when everything is not within their their normal you know, schedule and normal routine and stuff. So is perfectly normal. And I'll tell you, one great thing is that, you know, I, I, I never graded a piece of my, my kids' work, not, not once until the first time my child had a piece of work graded was when they hit exam years and we had to kind of fall into the system a little bit. And that hasn't really done them any harm. So if you're looking to measure your kids by some kind of standard just now, I would say take the pressure off. Just don't. You know, kids are not going to remember what math they learned or if they knew how to conjunct whatever a verb they're going to remember how they felt during this time and how you made them feel during this time how your family felt during this time so i would say just take your foot off the pedal a little bit on the academics mm-hmm. uh, and it'll get done kids learn Definitely. all the time all the time yes. sure um, claire can i ask you uh, uh, sorry uh
2: Selma, i was yeah. going to ask you what, what do you think would have happened if you didn't Homeschooling, and you did put your children into school what, what difference do you think might have happened in your own opinion now that you've actually schooled uh, successfully one of your children to university have, have you an idea have you ever thought about that
4: a little bit. I suppose I have given it a little bit of thought every now and then, but you know, I'm a great believer that every child learns differently. Every child's not we're not all cookie cutters as adults and it's certainly true of children. And I think if I look at my three kids, they're so different in personality and in learning styles. And I suppose that's one of the things I love about home ed, is that I can adapt how I'm teaching to how they learn best. That's one of the things I love most about having them with me. Um, and I think that, you know, if I had put them into school, I have one child who I think would have thrived in a scholastic environment. I think totally loved how how it's all set up at school, very externally referenced. And I have maybe one who would not have thrived quite as much, and um, slightly different personality again, slightly different learning style, and, and school is maybe, can't cater to every single individual style. I'm sure you have fantastic teachers that are switched on to, to, you know, that kind of thing and can teach exceptionally well multiple children with different styles. But it just, I don't know that it would have that well with my ethos at the time,
0: I suppose. But, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Thanks. Only one of Um Yeah, um, well, it, you, you kind of answered one of the questions that was just sent in. And uh, some one of the listeners sent in a question and said, You know, while they're at home just now, is it okay to divert away from the topics that they would normally do? But it sounds like you're both talking about uh, they can learn from anything. So you can sort of really, you don't have to teach that the traditional subject um, Mm -hmm. uh, as. Maybe you've written down. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Claire or or, or Salma. Yeah, Uh, yeah. of
3: course, yeah. I mean, I think Salma's putting it really well. Salma's obviously really experienced in in, in managing this at home. And I think she said right at the start that what's happening just now isn't homeschooling. You know, this is uh, obviously a very experienced loving mother who's researched this for years, over (laughs) years and years. So what we're asking people to do is cope with a global pandemic and all that that means and we're now inferring that they have to teach their children and and that's really not the case everything they do and all of these actions and feelings is exactly what children will remember and i never once i mean my kids you know they would get sent home homework and i did it if they were up for it and i shouldn't be saying this Mm -hmm. and didn't if they weren't if it didn't fit what we were doing that evening and, and it hasn't uh, hasn't done any, any harm. So mm. I think that you need to be mindful. And, and I'm going to say again, it's none about how families are choosing to, to, to get through this. It's actually none of our business. So, so we're there for support and love and nurture, but there's no way I'm virtually coming into somebody's house to tell a mother how to see her children through this. Um, and I wouldn't mm. want anyone else telling me if my children were young. And, I, and I, I do feel that quite strongly. And I think schools are doing a fantastic job offering support. But I really, if, if schools are adding to pressure at this really, really stressful time, I, I just can't see that that's the correct way forward.
4: Sorry, can I, can I say that's great? I would actually 100% agree with Claire on all of that. But if there was one, one tip, if someone was to ask me just now, give me one tip. For what I should, what I could be doing with my kids at home, if they're not really into doing, you know, the multiple subject thing, and I would say this is something that comes up on homeschool forums quite a lot. And the one thing I would say is read. And if your children yeah. love reading, fantastic. Then you're 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 halfway there. If they don't, you can read aloud. And if you're not going to read aloud, get audio Because I can tell you, one hundred and ten percent, if I taught my children no other academic subject and I only read to them it would make it it, and it has made a huge impact on their academic performance Mm -hmm. so and i think if that's all you can do while you're and it's such an easy thing to do in audiobooks i think audible just now are doing free downloading on on countless kitty books and stuff like that and the skills that you pick up from audiobooks, the skills you pick up from reading, I'm talking about comprehension, I'm talking about um, literary skills, how to write creatively, all that kind of thing are multiple if you just encourage yeah. your kids to read.
3: Yeah, that, that, that would be the thing that we see and it, it all the time interparents. and I think that if anyone's listening and they don't have books or access to books or want physical books, just let us know. And we'll find some because the the school's got loads of books and we can certainly drop them off with with packs and things. But, um, okay, it's it's okay. And parents need to really look after their own mental health just now. And there will be people listening that are struggling and they need to understand that that's okay. That, you know, that's okay.
2: Yeah. Do do you know, uh, Claire, you've you've mentioned that quite a few times, you know, and and I, I commend you for that. Of all of all our uh, listeners will be listening just now. You know, it is okay to be kind of apprehensive, anxious. You know, your, your mental health will be tested at this particular time because we're, we're in uncharted waters just now. No one knows what's in front of us, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think I think once once the listeners and people in general uh, kind of relate to everyone else and knowing that you know we're all in this mentally and this kind of social structure together. I, th- I think a lot of people get a lot of solace from that. I, th- I think uh, that's, that's a good few times you've mentioned that and I'm personally speaking as well you know we all get our good days, our bad days, stressful days, you know, days of anxiety not knowing what's in front of you but um, yeah this, it's, I think it's it's quite normal obviously Nadim you being a doctor will know about this and can maybe relate to it a bit more but you know if you're a teacher, if you're homeschooling, or if you're in a job in some way, we're all really interconnected and entwined with this kind of mental state just now.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh,
3: we can talk about as well. I mean, you know, it, it'll be nice when we can talk about something else to our friends on Zoom or, you know, but at the moment, it's just pervading everything, you know. So I think it's just really important what you guys are doing, keeping people going with, with programmes, things that they can listen to. I mean, this in itself is a massive connection. So well done.
2: Thank you. Nias, want to say something?
1: Well, in terms of what you're all saying, absolutely brilliant. Um, If I jump Mm -hmm. just to to Switzerland, uh, where I've uh, been living for a long time, hiding away, um, life there for children has a really wonderful balance of family as well as Um, nature and nurture and there's an enrichment in the school system and children are generally happy. There's no pressure to go through into some Ivy League school at the end of it, like the American system, you know, promotes and pushes. Um, And in fact, about 84% of students in Switzerland, will at by sixteen decide to go to apprenticeships to perhaps uh, Rolex Cartier are one of a dozen many um, places to apprentice uh, in the watchmaking industry. Or if you love chocolates, in some of the best chocolates, well, well you you get some of the brands here. I'm not going to mention names. There's even better ones over there. Um, that don't even get out of the country. They they're so selfish. They keep it to themselves, uh, and and I don't blame them because uh, I used to enjoy it all the time. Um, so, so my point is is that the children I noticed, uh, you know, they they were just so different and, and so emotionally aware, and um, and and that that perhaps is something we can nourish and nurture from here now um, as well. And as I said. A majority of the children go through these apprenticeships and don't have to go to universities. They're not forced to, and they still have brilliant lives and lead really great lives and have a have a harmony in their balance, um, which we don't always see in big cities. Um, and if anybody wants to bore themselves with, uh, a writer, Oliver James wrote, Affluenza of Modern Society, and it looks at how big cities are and there's this pressure and stress uh, in life. Um, and, and I think this is our moment of standing back mm-hmm. through introspection. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead, Claire. I'm nodding. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> you
3: can't see no, you're absolutely right. And, and I do, I mean, that's, you know, we're talking about a new normal. Perhaps we should see a better normal. Um, mm. perhaps we should look at the old normal and, and see this as an opportunity to fix some things and that's not to downplay, I don't just mean educationally um, it's not to downplay the the disaster that this is for many families um, and, and people are really suffering but if we are talking about a rebuild process then then we should do that with the intelligence that, that, that we've learned now you know, yeah, I agree
4: and I also say this is probably a really good time for, for parents with their kids to, to frame what success or successful lives look like. I mean, very often um, success when you're talking to your kids and stuff is all about straight A's and university, like Mia said, and like having some kind of set path that's successful, that's achievement. And I think this is a really good opportunity to stand back, to think about what's important to you, to give some thought to what success looks like for your children, success looks like for your family, and to try and impart that to your kids. I mean, some, something that I feel is very important to do is to impress upon your kids from a very early age age that um sure you want them to do well academically but if they're giving a hundred percent of their best that's really should be enough for anybody and, and now while that you have them at home and you have the opportunity to impress that by by actually living it and not not pushing them, you know, if they're not, not up for it, it's not, not working at home to actually say, well so long as you're giving me as you're the best that you can today, I'm not gonna ask for much more. So I think it's really important to frame frame what that looks like. So um, can I make a shameless podcasting for my? Um, can I for my? I have a um, a parenting and education Instagram account called Value Added Parenting, um, and you can find me there. There's a link to my in my bio to my page, and I can be contacted on an email there if you're looking for one-on-one coaching or if you're looking for any help. I have some great posts up on Freestyle School and ideas for what you can do with your kids at home. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. No, not, not <laughs> at all. And, and I'm sure if you, if anybody, any listeners want to get in touch with Salma afterwards about that, uh, do get in touch with myself or uh, in uh, the Radio Ramadan uh, office. And, you know, we like to do a bit to stimulate the economy as well as everything else. <laughs> um, yes, very
1: good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, uh, but it was interesting you saying, you know, about letting the kids uh, achieve their potential and do what they want rather than forcing them down one way. I was just reading a, a, an article about the Sanjeev Baskar who's the, you know, this sort of Asian uh, uh, comedian and actor, and he went, he went to tell you to, you know, he finally decided he'd done accountancy and they told his parents that look, I'd like to be an actor, and Ooh. his dad said, I think you'll find it's pronounced doctor <laughs> so there's a few, i'm glad there's a few changes there and people are seeing things in a different way so that that's certainly good yeah 100%,
4: um, i think they say that in our culture if you're not if you're not um a doctor then you failed it, at life <laughs> i think i used a phrase to face my parents once of when they were querying my choice to home ed and i was like well if my my kids choose to go to university and i had what do you mean if <laughs> so yeah, yeah.
3: Totally and just uh, what, what I want to say on that is if we think about all the skills, the other things, you know, obviously not everybody wants to be a doctor, uh-huh. that, that we need to figure out, sorry Nadim, but we need, <laughs> we need to figure out who are the people that are, are getting on with it in terms of business. And um, it's people that are applying creativity to this. It's people that are entrepreneurial. That, that That's what we need and we, we absolutely need doctors and accountants and teachers and scientists, but we need all the other stuff too. Mm-hmm. And and somebody has to learn how to do that. And to do that, you have to be curious, creative, you have to spot opportunities, you have to be adaptable, resilient, confident. And these are all things that are as important as the maths. Yep. Yeah. That, Go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 please, after you. Yeah, it was just a quick look. Like, yeah, that,
2: that was basically just described me at school there. I, I left school, and I could hardly read or write when I left school. It's just just one of these things. Just education was not my thing at the time. And uh, But on the other hand, I was, I was going to the markets with my father, selling at the weekends and, and at uh, summer holidays. So I learned, basically, learned off kind of the University of Life, basically. And and that's that that was my thing. So uh, I knew I was never going to be an academic. Like you say, we all can't be doctors, lawyers, and you know, teachers and whatnot. But yeah, um, I think as uh, if any children also listen to this, you know, you know, uh, you, you, may, you may you're just going to be as successful even if you f- if you f- as long as you find your thing. It could be a it could be a you know a plumber, you know a, a brickie, whatever. As long as you have a good mental state in life and you're able to pay your bills you know that is that is success you know as it is basically
3: yeah and actually because we're inside i mean i'm certainly not buying stuff that actually i don't need and now i'll reframe my thinking in terms of what i want to spend money on you know even things like that are huge lessons for everyone because suddenly some things that we can't do we didn't need to do them in the first place you know I, I don't know if that makes sense but we don't need all that stuff yeah. you know so yeah. um you know i i mean as i say I, and I, I want to come across as hopeful i want to be hopeful and and if i needed to say if i wanted to say anything to our parents or to parents at home it would be hello Eddie first of all and then the next <laughs> thing i would want to say i would want to say is just please stay calm and those of you that yeah. belong to st albert's we love you very much and and we're still there and we'll be there when this is over, and we're at the end of a phone. So just stay calm and do not, especially our mothers, do not torture yourself that you're getting it wrong, because if you're loving your children and looking after them and keeping them fed and keeping them safe, you're getting it absolutely right.
0: Well, that's a a great message. In fact, what somebody um, actually just uh, sent a text message in and said, is it possible to send letters in to the teachers at... Uh, Saint Alberts, uh, oh, yeah. and would they be get forwarded on?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, most people have got my phone number. They, I'm popping in and out of school for various things into the building. So, if anybody wants to write a letter, and what a wonderful old fashioned thing to do in this day of email and text, please do send us anything you like. Absolutely, and I will make sure that's all passed on.
1: That's wonderful. That's a wonderful message. Um, and I'll reinforce that, um, you know, in terms of tips for raising a smart child, according to feeding emotional nourishment, emotional intelligence, it's really, as you've you know, been saying, it's crack the books open early. Uh, talk to them you know from day one and create um, solutions for the problems with them. You know, talk it through like a business meeting. I come from a entrepreneurial business background so um, from Swiss banking and it, it, I think when you take take all these things and, and bring it to the house it really helps nourish the children uh, to a much higher level everything is c- can be found as a as a teachable moment and remember the example I gave that over 80 percent of uh, Swiss children don't go to university they actually go to other Apprenticeships and there's so many uh, there for them, so different than anywhere I've seen in the world, and those children are some of the happiest that are out there. Um, uh, we, we have our last two minutes, so Nadim will um, wrap the, um, the night away, so I'm going to let you go ahead, Nadine. Well, uh, all I want to say is um,
0: thank you very much, Claire and Salma, for coming in. It's just uh, it's just been a fantastic program. It's opened up a lot of insights into how we could be uh, how we can cope better with the kids during lockdown, and also uh, ways in which uh, we can help our kids develop and and realise their potential. Um, and I think, clear, um, I think what you're doing at the school is absolutely fantastic. We've had people phoning in actually and saying um they, they can see how you have this commitment to the community and how you've connected the community and Salma uh, you know your dedication to homeschooling and the way that you've brought that potential to it I think it's absolutely fantastic and I'm sure people will want to get in touch with you about that later on um, that's it I just want to thank say thanks to thank all my you. my co-pilots uh, uh, not at all Niaz and Abdulbay and uh, we are probably just about at the end of uh, the program. Tomorrow we'll be back again. We'll be talking about keeping fit under Corona. So please join us then at eleven o'clock for Late Night Live. Inshallah, we'll see you then.
1: Thank you, Rock DJ. Thank you.
4: Thank
1: you, Nadine. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you Kirk. No problem. Captain Cock. No, beaming out. <laughs>
0: Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Radio Ramadan 365 podcasts. Make sure to visit our Radio Ramadan website at rr365.co.uk to access
4: all of our podcasts. Stay tuned on our social channels for future content.